You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. Some of you know I went to Colorado this past weekend with my family for a wedding. My niece got married. It was a very short trip. Uh, We left Philly Friday afternoon. We were there for Saturday and Sunday, and then we spent Monday traveling back. So it was almost as much travel time as there was awake time in our, at our destination. Um, but all of it was new for my kids. They've never flown before. Uh, so it was easier to make the whole thing like the experience. It wasn't just about the destination. It was the whole thing was an adventure. And we had a great time. Uh, including an 11-inch snowfall the day of the wedding, which is apparently nothing to Colorado, to folks in Colorado. So everything went off without a hitch. But it got me thinking about travel. Uh, And as much as planes and cars uh, speed up our travel, we still want it to go faster. Everything in our culture trains us to go fast, to get to the end, to arrive. My kids really loved the um, moving um, walkways in the airport, you know, because it's it's fun to do things double time. And passing other people and getting there faster is like a real win, you know. Um, But you still have to walk to where you're going. I still misread our tickets uh, and had us going to the opposite, total opposite (laughs) end of the airport than where we needed to be at one point. And we are still humans with limitations. So travel takes time. When the journey doesn't feel novel anymore, we just want to skip it and get to the end. And uh, it, it occurred to me during this process that a lot of money is made catering to this desire to get there fast. The rental car company Uh, has a gold level service. The airlines have a membership for expedited travel that bumps you past the wait lines and gets you through security. If you are a certain level card holder, the shuttle bus will leave immediately when you get on to get you to your destination without waiting to fill up with the rest of the people. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) What's that? Well, the next one comes around, they have to wait for the next one. We happened to be on the bus with, with a special card holder, so we took off. It was great. Um, but we do get trained to want everything to happen quickly and to get to the end without having to experience the discomfort or the inconvenience of the journey. Um, now, I'm in a cell, a new cell, that just met for the first time this week. And most of us didn't know each other very well or at all. So we went around to say why we were there. And all of our answers related to this idea that we cannot fast track our spiritual destination, fast track it to a spiritual destination. Our, Our spiritual journey takes time. One person even said how glad he was that this cell meets weekly Every week, he he said he was feeling the need for this regular 
ongoing discipline and connection with others. You can't just pay for an upgrade and arrive spiritually, whatever that means anyway. It is a journey. And growing along in the way of Jesus is more cyclical than linear anyway. The journey is full of looping back and repeating where we've come from, circling in a new way. It's more like developing into a new person as you travel than it is about arriving at a destination. I think that idea of a destination is kind of elusive anyway, isn't it? At least the experience that we want is often elusive. So much of our culture trains us to want to arrive. We want to be where we are not yet. We want to skip the mundane or the stressful travel and get to the vacation. We want to skip the development and just be developed. Uh, Skip the growing pains and just be a fulfilled, wise, seasoned employee or student or parent or partner or sibling or whatever. It's hard to tolerate being underutilized or underappreciated, inadequate or unsure, being patient with oneself and others. And it's easy to believe that when we arrive, we will finally be happy or satisfied, content, appreciated. It helps us a lot that, it helped us a lot that we could enjoy, my family and I, that we could enjoy the journey to Colorado and back than just anticipate our arrival as if everything would be fulfilled in that moment. Henry Nouwen, in his book, Life of the Beloved, uh, says this, and I, I, I apologize my slides got messed up tonight, so I'm going to read to you. He says, aren't you, like me, hoping that some person, thing, or event will come along and give you that final feeling of inner well-being you desire? Don't you hope often, may this book idea, course, trip, job, country, or relationship fulfill my deepest desire. But as long as you are waiting for that mysterious moment, you will go on running helter-skelter, anxious and restless, always lustful and angry, going and uh, never fully satisfied. You know that this is the compulsiveness that keeps us going and busy, but at the same time makes us wonder whether we're getting anywhere in the long run. This is the way to spiritual exhaustion and burnout. This is the way to spiritual death. Now one writes extensively about the spiritual journey of the heart. He uncovers not only what leads to spiritual death, but truth and disciplines that lead to life. He's all about helping people develop into that new kind of person that's on a spiritual journey, not waiting for that mysterious moment or arriving at an elusive destination. I'm talking about Nowen's influence today because we're still in the season of celebrating the trans-historical body of Christ learning from those who have gone before us across time and place, 
as ancestors in faith. Nowen is a recent ancestor. He died suddenly in 1996, and he is a favorite author of many people in Circle of Hope. Um, he was born in the Netherlands, and he taught in universities abroad and at Yale, Harvard, and Notre Dame. The last decade of his life he spent at La Arche Community of Toronto, sharing his life with community members with severe disabilities. Across his life as a priest, professor, and pastor, he wrote 39 books on the spiritual life. And part of why his writing has impacted me deeply is because now I'm believed that what is most personal is most universal. He wrote, by giving words to these intimate experiences, I can make my life available to others. He always stressed the relational. He writes very directly about our contemporary longings for meaning and belonging and intimacy. And at the same time, he integrates this powerful uh, vision of service and social justice. Those two streams often get separated, at least in my experience. The personal heart work of a life with Jesus is very individualized in my growing up. Salvation and transformation was very personal and private even, and maintained or neglected that way. But I moved to Philadelphia and I became a social worker and I encountered the other side of things where social justice and service are the most important thing. Almost to the extent that you can start to believe that this work will save you and the world. Now one would say that you can't have one without the other. Those things are woven together. He often uses three core themes of solitude, community, and compassion. A life of faith in Jesus is lived out in those three realms together, and they influence each other. There's so much wisdom from now in that we could talk about, but for today, I just want to come back to this simple idea of the spiritual journey versus a destination. Most of you might already agree with me on this, um, but if we don't consciously acknowledge the slow work of the journey, and how meandering it seems sometimes, we might miss how easily we can become organized to expect this fast track to our destination. Now, it doesn't even talk about this idea directly that I know, but he addresses it in all of his writing because he's talking about and meditating on the Christian life, and it's all about the cyclical movement and the journey. And he embodies it and, and shares it personally. As this world-renowned writer and speaker, he spends the last 10 years of his life in community with people that live with severe disabilities, not impressing anyone with his knowledge or accomplishments, but working out love and relationship, service and mutuality. He embodies the slow and patient journey of spiritual development across a lifetime. 
Um, I was listening to another author and speaker, Simon Sinek, this week, who was talking about millennials and job satisfaction. And he was noting the compounding cultural and societal factors that make it hard for millennials to find job satisfaction and deep, meaningful experiences, uh, relationships. He described this image of standing at the foot of a mountain and seeing the summit and wanting to get there, and in this case, wanting to feel like you're making an impact in your work, but not even realizing the distance between you and the peak. I can relate to this having just been in Colorado. I was standing at the base of a mountain. Uh, we were in Boulder, and we went to this place called the Flat Irons. And you look up and think, yeah, we can make it up there, to that tree line probably. Now, we had a three-year-old and a 60-year-old with us in our group. Um, and there's this meadow of um, grasses at the foot of the mountain. And we thought, let's just walk up there to explore the woods. And then we started hiking up the path, and realizing that I was winded before we even got through the grasses area. <laughs> it's farther than we thought. And the altitude, altitude was different, the air is thinner. And I'm not actually as capable or in shape as I want to be. And it was humbling to realize that it would require more of me than I thought it would to make it. It might have been easier to abandon the hike, to quit the job, to criticize the relationship, to drift away from the cell or the Sunday meeting. It's not the destination you have your eyes on. And instead of staying on the path, if, if it's not the destination that you have your eyes on, instead of staying on the path and taking it slow, you could give up and just go back to the car. Thankfully, we did not. We did make it to the, to the trees. I think it's, it's precisely the environment of a community of Jesus followers that we need to practice the skills and open our hearts to the journey of relating, of being known, of suffering and sharing our burdens and joys, to know what it's like to follow Jesus and be transformed. But if you're just looking at the summit, whatever that is, some spiritualized, spiritually idealized version of yourself, or your life, it's easy to dismiss what it takes to arrive at the destination. It's not just millennials that are challenged by practicing this skill set and the vulnerability needed for deep, meaningful relationships. We all have the option of mediating our relationships through technology, for example, or canceling when something better comes along or being subject to our own impatience because we're used to things coming to us when we want them. And it's not just um, personal character traits that make us this way. There are systemic reasons that people have trouble relating. Nowen talks about this in his book, The Way of the Heart. He says, our society is not a community radiant with the love of Christ but a dangerous network of domination and manipulation. 
in which we can easily get entangled and lose our soul. The basic question is whether we ministers of Jesus Christ have not already been molded by the seductive powers of our dark world that we've become so blind to our own and other people's fatal state and have lost the power and the motivation to swim for our lives. It's a dramatic picture, but I think it's reality too. The autonomy that's pumped into our society breeds isolation and fear that makes us vulnerable to consume anything that promises to make us feel better. We're easily man manip manipulated to abandon the spiritual journey for anything that promises to fast track us to convenience or even an elusive destination. And the way of Jesus is a journey that takes practice and time and patience and love through the body of Christ. And we're trying to create that environment. We're organizing to be on that journey together. I need a cell that meets every week and disciplines that are inconvenient, that actually organize my life and my heart towards others and Jesus. I need to share my money to do something for the kingdom of God and the next person so I don't just get organized around my needs and my limitations and fears. I need real relationships where I can be myself and be influenced by people who love Jesus. And as I said earlier, many of you might already think this way and you might already be living it. But remembering Nowen and his life and his work this week, along with my new cellmates and this trip to Colorado, all pointed me back to this truth that the spiritual journey on the way of Jesus is a process. And even those of us who are already convinced of this need to keep working it out. My cell read this passage together from Romans, and I want you to hear it too. Maybe all of this talk is, is just to get you to this truth from Paul and the letter to the Romans, where he's telling them in, in practical terms what this journey looks like in relationships. So this is a picture of the journey. I'm not even going to read the whole chapter 12. You can read that um, on your own. I'm just going to read verses 9 through 13. Because it's probably, there's probably enough in there for you to have plenty to keep working out this week. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Later, he says, do not become, do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. 
Our world is full of evil. Children are starving in Yemen. Police are still killing black men. Hate crimes and addiction are still taking lives. We have big things that we want to do. So let's help each other keep on the way of Jesus, keep developing, keep doing the small daily work that Paul is talking about that actually takes time and time again to work out. We can't just shoot for the summit or give up. We're on a journey here, and it takes a lifetime. We are all developing, and that development that's happening now in you matters. So let's attend to it in ourselves and others so that we can be the kind of people who have what it takes to overcome evil with good for the glory of God. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.